0: the road they punched the 49ers in the mouth they never let up and they continue to stay hot now with the best record in the NFL they're the they're the team right now but you know again I just are they this unbeatable force I don't think so and clearly the Niners weren't either so I think it's anybody's game uh with with a lot of teams in contention here on any given Sunday and they're the best right now and we'll see if they can hang on to it Lamar Jackson after that offseason you remember uh you know, teams didn't want him, and he couldn't really find a spot. He ends up back with the Ravens. He's probably going to win the MVP after last night Is Brock Purdy's, you know, four interceptions. Uh, he just sort of fumbled that that award away. we he's not going to win that now. So, as it pertains to the Chiefs, and this is interesting because I, I <laughs> Tommy, among others, you, during that game, about three other groups of people are texting me that just about how disgusting that game was. And it was, it was really bad. I mean, it was, it was gross. Offensively, defensively, we should say it was actually really impressive and really good. And until the final drive, when Zamir Wright broke off a long run, Zamir White, they, they looked good basically the entire game and the offense played so badly that it allowed the Raiders to score enough points to beat them. Basically. Um, I don't know what what we are going to end up with with the Chiefs this year in the postseason. I know that they're going to have to change things offensively. They haven't done that now through 15 weeks. They're going to have to sort of redefine what they are. And I don't know if they're going to do that, but it's in the mix of the back. I just don't know. I, I can't watch the defense play that well and count them out still. But man, I don't know what else they can do to clean up these mistakes on offense. I mean, it's a joke at this point, how you can make so many mistakes that it, it it's like the, the Raiders don't score enough points without two defensive touchdowns allowed by the offense. They don't have enough points to win the game. yet they do, and that's not the first time we've seen that this year. I mean it happens a lot. Where it's a mistake. I mean, it's incredible. I don't. I don't remember seeing anything like it. But here we are now in week fifteen, and it's. I mean, they're going to win the division, probably. I don't think it's a foregone conclusion <laughs> as much anymore. Probably going to win the division, but you know they'll be in a position that the 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 streak of divisions one is. I think it ties the record right now with uh, with. The, the Colts of yesteryear, and I don't even remember who the other one was. There have been two others. The Patriots but it, are up there. The, yeah, so so it's been – I mean, it's historic, this run that they've been on, It, but it's certainly the most adversity within the run that they faced, I, I would say. There's no question about that. Well,
1: I'll tell you the thing that makes me the most angry this morning after the game yesterday, and it really has nothing to do with the game itself. I mean, I, there's a lot to dissect from yesterday, and I've went through a range of emotions during that game and then after the game, but today, right now, this second, what makes me the most angry are the words that I've heard from Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes in the postgame press conferences after the game yesterday. Because it's the same refrain over and over and over again. You know, if we can just clean things up, we're going to be good. You know, that's one thing that Patrick Mahomes said. Andy Reid yesterday said, we're going to be okay. We're going to be all right. Are you? I mean, we're we're talking about 16 weeks worth of this, and it hasn't changed. It's continued in the exact same way that it's been for the last several weeks or basically throughout the entire season. So I'm tired of hearing this, well, all we have to do is clean things up, and we're going to be good, we're going to be all right. Give me some concrete reasons and some concrete plans and strategies on how you plan to clean things up. That was yesterday yesterday the most undisciplined football game from a team that I have seen in a long time. There's no comparison to that offensively. There is no comparison. You know, you have to go all the way back. If you're talking about Chiefs games from a statistical standpoint, you have to go all the way back to when Tyler Palco was the quarterback for the Kansas City Chiefs for them to, to find a game where they were that anemic on offense, and that particular game, the very next day, Todd Haley got fired, and he was no longer the head coach of the Kansas City Chiefs. If you want to go from a statistical point of view, you have to go all the way back to, I think that was, what, 2011 or 2012 when that happened. I mean, we're talking about the most embarrassing game offensively from an Andy Reid Kansas City Chiefs team in 10-plus years. We're talking about the most embarrassing offensive game in the career so far of Patrick Mahomes, it is completely unacceptable. And I feel like a broken record because these are things that we've talked about week in and week out and week in and week out. And I feel like I'm saying the same things. They just don't get changed. And I know that, I mean, at least I'd like okay. to think that your opinion has maybe changed over the weeks from, you know, I'm not going to say that you've downplayed it, but, you know, kind of talking about, well, they will be okay to now I think that they're like, will they? Because no, I don't my, think they will. My be.
0: opinion is. My opinion hasn't changed, and that's that they have a puncher's chance in the playoffs. Again, for the same reasons that they've always, in my opinion, had a chance. It's because they have a, the ability to play some of the best defense in football, and they still have Mahomes and Kelsey. Now, Mahomes is the most to blame yesterday. Both of the turnovers are right squarely on his shoulders, and and I think sometimes people are scared to criticize him, but that was a really bad performance. The two key plays of the game were his fault, it appears. Um, so... You know, I I would say that Brandon Zinner was there for us, and he's been in these post-game press conferences every week, at least at home. And he did say the tone after the game was different yesterday. Now, I I know we may want Andy Reid to come out and tell it. Yeah, but the words words are are never going to change. Andy Reid said the same words, win or lose, for the last 20 years. The words are never going to change. But the tone did, and it was short, and it was, you know, it, the same question gets asked every week is it, is it boiling over? Is it boiling over? Well, it has now. And so the, the, I think the conundrum for the Chiefs all year has been what can you change? Because for a lot of the, and it was, this wasn't the case necessarily yesterday, but in most weeks, it has been mistakes in other places, namely at wide receiver or, you know, at right tackle with penalties or whatever it is. They, they could never do anything to the roster. Now, yesterday was more on your best players making mistakes, right? And so there's nothing to change. But you're not going to bench Mahomes, right? Mahomes has to play better, plain and simple, than he played yesterday. He and Kelsey, I think, are pressing. I think Andy Reid is pressing. I think everybody's pressing because they're trying to make up for other deficiencies, and that leads to some of that. So I, I would say the coaches have to change. I think Matt Nagy's done a terrible job. I mean, I'm going to say it. And I I don't know what his input is versus Andy Reid's, but what I do know is, boy, the roster is not that much different than it was a year ago, and they've been, I mean, just tremendously worse offensively. In fact, the roster may be better because Rashi Rice is probably better than anything they had last year. They won a Super Bowl last year. So for the Eric B. enemy haters, like, there you go. There's your example. Like, they have become much worse without him. Because of his, you know, and I don't know whether his fiery nature would make a difference here. I don't know that. But what I do know for the coaches now is you have, you're have you going to have to change what you're doing. I don't know what Isaiah Pacheco's status is moving forward, but they need to be running the ball a ton. I, I sent you this yesterday, and it, I say they need to run the ball. Not because they've been this juggernaut running the ball. At times they have, but they're going to have to simplify it and just, it, you have a defense that can allow you to run the ball. And running the ball isn't always about gaining six yards a carry. You might not pick up some first downs. You might have to. But what it does is it sets up play action. And nothing lets young, inexperienced, or not talented wide receivers get more wide open than effective play action. If they can spend the next two weeks really committing to, all right, here's what we're going to do. Let's lean into this defense, which is one of the best in football. And let them do their thing. We're going to do everything we can to not make mistakes. We're going to simplify this. We're going to run the ball. And we're going to set up play action. I mean, that's what Dallas had to do for Dak forever, right? He was so much better with play action. Why? Because guys run wide ass open if you're doing it effectively. And so the Chiefs never run the ball. If they do, they run it out of spread formation, right? So it doesn't, it's like they're almost trying to trick the defense when they run it. No. Line up. Run the dang ball. Period. Full stop. I don't care if it's Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. I don't care if it's Jarek McKinnon. I don't care if you pull somebody up from the practice squad or if Pacheco's healthy. Run the ball. Simplify this until the offense proves that it can stop making mistakes. Stop giving them so many opportunities to make mistakes. I think that's what can change on the coaching front. Mahomes and Kelsey, well, Kelsey, there's not much LC can do because he's going to continue to get double and triple team. That's a roster problem.
1: He did have a, uh, a bad drop though early in the game. He Just, did. And he's know.
0: got as many drops, I believe, as Kadarius Toney yeah. on the year. But I, I I went into this yesterday on CBS Sports Radio because there's this perception that that Kelsey is not interested or he's washed, which is I mean, it's nuts. And I and I went into the number, and I won't go through the full numbers here. Maybe I will at some point. But The number of seasons, like he's had, I I think he's about to get to 8,000-yard seasons. Tony Gonzalez, if you think he's the next best, had four. Antonio Gates, I think, had like two. Jason Witten had four. And, And the thing about all of those guys is they were getting them in their 20s. Kelsey's still getting them at the age where they started to fall off a cliff. Outside of Tony Gonzalez, who he fell off some but maintained his ability to still catch touchdowns. Kelsey is so far ahead of the greatest that have ever played this game at his age. He's getting a little older. He's also getting triple teamed and double teamed on every single possession. And they're pressing. There's so much pressure on those two right now to feel like they have to make every play. This is the NFL. You can't do that. And so those two, I think you just have to bake in the fact that they're Hall of Fames, Hall of Famers who may be the two best at their position that have ever done it. You just kind of have to trust that they'll be okay when the spotlight is the biggest. Everybody else, stop giving them opportunities to fail because you just have to. The defense is good enough. Look at the way the Ravens played last night, okay? The Ravens leaned into a high-level defense and basically just waited for San Francisco to make mistakes, and then they took advantage. That's how the Ravens win games. That's how they've won games under John Harbaugh for years and years and years and years. Do that. Lean into your defense. Let them win you the game and stop blowing the game offensively. Can they do that in a postseason? I still think they can. I think obviously the chances are much lower. But when I watch football around the league, this was my point. And I, I know that like the, the Chiefs are still nine and six. They're still probably winning 10 games. They're still probably winning the division. They're bad by their own relative terms they're not bad they're playing bad offensively don't I don't want I'm not downplaying that it's just like sometimes when a team is so great and has so much success and you host this many AFC championships you forget like this is the NFL that kind of stuff doesn't really happen that's what's made this so remarkable that it has and I just can't I I can't sit here and watch this league and say that defense with Patrick Mahomes, can't go win playoff games. But are I think you watching them can.
1: play these games over the last month to month and a half? Sure I am. I mean, like, yeah. I, I'm, I'm tired of this, like, sitting here being like, oh, they can still win. They haven't. I mean, after the, after the bye week, they, I think they've lost four of six or something like that after their bye week. I mean, this is not a team that inspires any kind of confidence right now that not only can they – Get into the playoffs. They're not making a deep run in the playoffs. This has a go on the road and lose in the playoffs mentality all around it. It just does. The attitude around the team, the mindset of the team, on top of everything else, on top of the self-inflicted mistakes, on top of all the problems that are well-documented, I think it's incredibly important to point out, I think opposing teams have them figured out. I think they absolutely have them figured out. If you watched the Raiders yesterday, if you kind of got away from the bad mistakes that the Chiefs were making and you just focused on the Raiders defensively, they have Kansas City figured out. And other teams have had Kansas City figured out. The offensive line for the Chiefs got worked. I mean, they just got absolutely exposed yesterday by the Raiders defensive line. On top of that, the Raiders knew that there was absolutely zero downfield threat in throwing the football. And they knew that they could just completely go after Patrick Mahomes, that he wasn't going to be able to throw the ball downfield. I mean, how many plays were called where the ball was thrown behind the line of scrimmage for Kansas City? It happened so many times. And, you know, Mahomes was having to run for his life. I saw a stat, by the way. That that was the most that Patrick Mahomes has been under pressure and ran. The the yards covered Mahomes running since the Super Bowl against the Buccaneers a couple of
0: years ago. It was a bad game. By it was the offensive a line.
1: bad game for the offensive line. So you add in, you have all of these other issues that have been well documented throughout the season. Then you add in the very poor offensive line play. And you add in the fact that the Raiders, they, they know that there is no downfield threat for Kansas City. They know that the Chiefs are going to be reluctant to run the ball like a normal team does. They're going to, I mean, how many different flubbed handoffs were there throughout the course of the game? Like all of these cute play calling things, they're not working anymore. They don't work. I mean, outside of the trick play with with Isaiah Pacheco that got into the end zone, that was the only one that worked all day long. Nothing else worked for Kansas City. So I think the bottom line is you have to go back to square one. If you've got your quarterback and Travis Kelsey, who's your number one weapon, and they're pressing and all of these other issues, you have to go back to the drawing board, simplify things, and basically start at the ground level because nothing is working for you right now.
0: Uh, there I, I can I can know what the Chiefs are doing right it's not hard to figure out what they're doing they don't have a downfield threat they have an all-year you know what the Ravens in a game against San Francisco longest play by a wide receiver was last night uh, I don't remember a long one 13 yards yeah. yep okay you don't have to do that now how does that work? Well, they've got they got long plays from their tight ends and their running backs. Run after the catch. Like Everything for the Chiefs is going to have to be run after the catch. They don't have a downfield threat. And they haven't had a downfield threat. But it, it, you, you can do this in the NFL and be unpredictable even when – and it doesn't matter. The Ravens don't have to be unpredictable, by the way. They don't have to be unpredictable. They play. They lean into a great defense and great special but, teams. But you know
1: what? Like on top of that, like I, the the tale of two teams. Watching the Ravens last night versus watching the Chiefs yesterday afternoon, the discipline is different, right? Like you, they didn't have to have long big plays. They didn't have to have explosive plays. They didn't have to have really any of that. But at least there weren't mistakes where you've got two players who don't know how they're going to run in motion. They don't really know how the handoff is going to go. The route running. I mean, even Rasheed Rice, who I like a lot and has developed into a viable threat, there were a couple of routes that he ran where he didn't run the right way that Mahomes wanted him to run. There were a couple of plays with Mahomes where he's scrambling for his life and rather than just throwing the ball away when there's nothing developing, he's forcing throws and and throwing interceptions. You know, so like there are all of these undisciplined situations, the penalties, the defense had a really good game, but they had 12 men on the field at one point. Kansas City had to burn a timeout on fourth down in the second half because they couldn't figure out what play they were going to run, and then they basically had to go forward on fourth down. There were all of these mistakes where it's like, what are these guys? Are, is there just a lack of communication? Is, are are the, the lines getting crossed? Are the th- I just don't know the answer to it, but that was—
0: Everybody's pressing. Everybody's pressing, and it's gotten away from them. And and they're not they're not being put in a good position. There's like I, I you know there's blame to go around everywhere, right? For a long time, it was just like oh, the wide receivers suck, and that has been the case in some games. But the blame goes everywhere. I want to flash back a little bit to some a, a period of time in this Chiefs dynasty that could give hope to fans a little bit. Now it's you know different rosters, all these things are in place. And then we're going to work our way through this compared to what else we're seeing in the NFL and teams continuing to struggle and all these things and and just sort of try to navigate the final stretch of this regular season with the Chiefs. We'll take your calls. 869-1240 is the number. Uh, you can get in touch with the program that way. We'll continue on the Chiefs. We're going to spend a lot of time with the Chiefs today, folks, and uh, I think you can get why. We'll also talk about that KU Bowl game tonight. It's all coming for you on a Tuesday edition. Hope everyone had a great Christmas. Winding down till the new year on Sports Daily. All right, welcome back, everybody. Sports Daily here on KFH. All right, the Chiefs, we the Chiefs are in big trouble, right? Chiefs don't feel like a team that's going to make any noise in the postseason. I get all that, and I agree with that right now. But I don't, I don't think it's still to a point where that can't change and that can't, you know, get better. We'll work our way through it. I, I just keep trying to like look back and find thing by comparison's sake and. I went and I looked, okay, what about Tom Brady? Did he ever really have years like this in the Patriots' dynasty? And the answer is no, not really. Um, but the Chiefs had have, have had some stretches like this, one in particular that keeps sticking in my mind. Now, it came into a different point of a season. But if you remember back to 2021, the Chiefs were 3-4. and four. They lost, you know, at, at a point, they lost four out of six games, which is exactly where they are right now. And, and a lot of those, they were losing by very large margins. So that, that year keeps jumping into my brain. Now, the roster offensively was certainly better that year, but it wasn't as good defensively. It got pretty good defensively. I, I just, like, that's the stretch like this that I can remember. And the only other one where people were abandoning ship a little bit they had, again they had lost 4 out of 6. They were 3 and 4. Nobody thought they were going to be able to do anything. They had more time to solve it. They they ended up, you know, winning all but one of the rest of their games. I I just like they've we've seen this before and they've responded. And so we'll see if they can respond again. But the the, the challenge I think and what's become so difficult to imagine is they're going to have to change what they do. But That's it. Like, they're going to have to change what they do. I mean, it looks different than it's ever looked, and they're going to have to, you know, play a way that we're not used to seeing them play. But I I don't know what else they can do. But they have done this before, and they've responded. Again, it's happened in the past with this group, and they responded well. I just, you know, it's... Yesterday was... What was so strange about yesterday to me, some sort of just, like, Mahomes mistakes, the two plays. Yeah. And... They, they just can't overcome that anymore.
1: Right, and it's a different scenario. This is not an apples-to-apples apples comparison from 2021 to now, like that issue that you know, when they were three and four, because to your point, they had more time to figure it out, ride the ship, all of that. We're late in the season now. Uh, they, they don't have the luxury of the time to be able to figure out what's going on. They already know. They know what's going on. They just can't fix it. They can't overcome it. On top of that also is that I remember – In 2021, when they had that stretch of games, there were a couple of them where they just flat out got beat. You know, like the team that they were playing just played better than they did. You know, there weren't the level of uh, self-inflicted wounds that Kansas City has now. They weren't beating themselves in 2021 to an extent like we're seeing now. On top of that, another difference, they're losing at home. That's the fourth home loss that Kansas City has had this season, yesterday. The last time that the Chiefs have lost four games inside Arrowhead in one season. You have to go all the way back to 2012, the year they went 2-14, and 14, and Romeo Cronell was the coach. You have to go all the way back then, the last time they lost at home, like they've done now. I mean, things are just different. It's not a. It's not an equal comparison when they were three and four in twenty twenty one to what they're dealing with right now. So, I, mean, I think you have to have that in perspective. And then I totally agree with you. Patrick Mahomes is not playing at a level that we're accustomed to. It, there are there have been several plays this season that we're used to him either getting a first down throwing a ridiculous pass and making a completion or at the very worst just throwing the ball away and getting out of bounds and what what he's doing now is he's forcing passes and they're getting he's picked pressing. off he's pressing and he's, and he's getting picked he's off He's
0: pressing because he has to press like some of this like I th- th- here's what I I, th- I will probably have a different take on this than most and it, it goes with him and and to some degree Kelsey too I will give some leniency with some of this, because I feel like he's in a position where he doesn't think he has a choice, right? He has to shoulder the load and make these plays on his own because he he has lost trust and lost faith in so many of what's, you know, coming around him. And so that, that pressing in the NFL is always going to get you into trouble. And I think that's why we've seen a couple of mistakes by Kelsey when we never – I think those two feel like right now, like they have to get it all done on their own. I, here's what I w- I wish that I was skilled enough in the social media arts. Did you, Brittany Mahomes and and uh, and Taylor Swift after the game that video shot we're all talking about? I feel like I'm Taylor Swift right now with my arm around you, Tom, and you're <laughs> Brittany Mahomes with your hands over your face. Like if we could, like,
1: can could somebody Photoshop our faces people... into that picture? Yes, That'd be great.
0: Yeah, because that's that's the way I felt, and it's not it's it's me and honestly, it's like all of Chiefs Kingdom, and and it's it's such a different place to be when you're not like a fan of it and you're not emotionally connected to it because you're, I'm just trying to observe this in the lens of the NFL in that like this kind of stuff happens to teams all the time, all across the league, every single year. It's remarkable that it hasn't happened more in this Chiefs run. It's one of the things that makes this Chiefs run so great. It's just like the question for me, the only thing that matters now is, is it, something they can overcome still. The chances go down every week when we see them play. There's no question about that.
1: And where but I disagree with we... you by the way, I just want to jump in very quickly is that yeah, we see it from teams all the time and they shoot themselves in the foot, but a lot of those teams that are doing that and are undisciplined and making all of these mistakes and beating themselves, they're not teams that we look at as potential championship teams. You know, or teams with the talent to be able to go the distance. That's not, like, we look at teams, I don't know, like, gosh, you know, up until, I guess, this weekend, the Falcons, they come to mind as a team that just the play calling and the way that they utilize their stars and the decisions they make and things like that, there have been so many questions like, man, why are they doing that? Why are they utilizing B. John Robinson this way? They shouldn't. They should be doing it, you know, in a different way. And all of these mistakes. But we never once looked at the Falcons as, oh, that's a team that could win a Super Bowl. That's a team that could win a championship. So that's what's different about the Chiefs is that
0: didn't we feel ta- that way though about Philadelphia? I mean, Philadelphia at home, Philadelphia lost how many games they would lose in a row? Four, and and they you know they also went to the Super Bowl last year and couldn't find a way to win. But, but by the way, that are game they, against the Giants yesterday, Tyrod Taylor had a chance to right. tie the game on the last play.
1: I'm just not sure that like the extent of the mistakes. Like I, you look at the Eagles, yeah, that like they're not a perfect team. Every team has flaws. But the, the Eagles, I don't feel like, unless maybe I'm forgetting something, I don't feel like they're really beating themselves. Maybe they're just not playing particularly well, but they're not, like, handing the game to the other team in a lot of different, in a lot of different ways. Maybe I'm wrong in that,
0: but, you know, like Kansas City. I mean, they tried to hand the Giants the game yesterday, like, three different times. They they did they they played terrible. But against how San many Francisco, times, Dallas and then and let Seattle come but, but, back and but beat how,
1: them. Like with Kansas City, how many times throughout the season have they just handed the win to the other team on a silver platter? Even games that they ultimately came back to win.
0: Totally. You
1: go back even just a that. week ago against the Patriots. It was a Kadarius Tony bobble and interception that the Patriots. Uh-huh. They had the. They they had they were down one score in the fourth quarter, and the Patriots are not a good football team. You know, so like even games that the Chiefs won, they just they can they just can never put it all together, and they're beating themselves in a lot of different cases.
0: I I think what's in and and I all and this isn't just the Chiefs this year. This is always. I I think when teams do that and they've been in a position to win and they don't, it, it that so if if that wasn't the case and the Chiefs were losing, I would then I would say they have no shot. But the reality is they've been in position to win a lot of the games that they haven't. Now, they haven't gotten it done, but I have to bit I have to a little bit look at a track record of, you know, six or seven years as much as I have six or seven games to know that I, you know, Mahomes isn't always going to make two mistakes that cost them a game or, or Kelsey's not always going to fumble a ball in the red zone that, that maybe cost them a game. You know, those things over the course of time, That's what actually gives me hope because even despite all the penalties and all the roster deficiencies and everything, they have been in a position to win a lot of these games. They haven't gotten it done, and that's going to make their postseason path much more difficult. But if you continue to at least be in a position to, that's why I would say maybe they have a chance because I'm looking around the entire NFL right now, and there hasn't been a team immune from a stretch where you have concern. San Francisco now enters back into that equation, and they were the ones we thought who were furthest away from it. Baltimore certainly is. Philadelphia's had that. Detroit's had that. Dallas is in the middle of that right now. Buffalo has had to scratch and claw to get into the postseason. They're sort of the you know the opposite of what the Chiefs have been. Jacksonville looks terrible. Kansas City at one point did beat Miami. Now Miami's playing much better now, of course. Baltimore is the furthest away from that and has been the most consistent this year. Cleveland, one of the other teams, that's probably a contender. And I love Joe Flacco. Has Joe Flacco as their quarterback? Cleveland's in this position, by the way. If you want to know how talented they are, without Nick uh, Nick Chubb or Deshaun Watson, who before the season people would have told you were their two best players. Yep. So I look across the league and I see a, a I see fourteen teams that are going to go into the postseason and thirteen of them have found lots of ways to underperform this year. Baltimore's been the most consistent they've earned that. And I still don't think that they're a heavy Super Bowl favorite. I just oh, don't Oh, I think they are.
1: I think they absolutely are. I think that they are.
0: What does that mean though? Like how much would you bet on Baltimore versus the field? Um I would
1: probably after last night especially, man, I would pr- I would go, I would absolutely You'd put money Baltimore on Baltimore. You take Baltimore over the field?
0: Absolutely I would. No way. 100% no way.
1: Did we watch the same I, I, game last night? Have we you did, watched we this did. team it's over not, the last two months? I'm not,
0: I don't want to take – and that's what's so hard about it. I don't want to take credit away from what they've I mean, done. I, I
1: told you I, on Friday that the line was disrespectful to the Ravens. And they it was. Ab- they well, absolutely. It was. I think they felt that, right? And like, like everybody has been jumping on the bandwagon of San Francisco, who, by the way, lost three straight earlier this season. Uh, and, and they weren't paying attention to what Baltimore has done and the weapons that Baltimore has from top to bottom. And then you add in a solid defense. I mean, they picked off Brock Purdy four times last night. You know, so I think that not only is Baltimore at the top of the class in the, not only in the AFC but probably in the entire NFL. I think that there. Are, I think I texted you this yesterday. There are four teams in the AFC I think that are probably better than Kansas City is right now. I think Baltimore is better. There's, I think Miami yeah, is better.
0: Three.
1: I think that. Uh, Gosh, probably Buffalo is better at this point, and I think that correct Cleveland is probably better than Kansas City is. I think Kansas City might Cleveland's be the, on the they might be the fifth Cleveland's best team in the, the conference.
0: I, I would I think Cleveland would match up very poorly against Kansas City, and and, and don't and I agree with you that I, Miami is ahead of Kansas City right now, but Kansas City beat Miami, and I don't want to just like glaze over that. I, if Baltimore played Buffalo right now, Tommy in Baltimore, I'd I'd, I'd take Buffalo. That's what that's really, and that is. That is not a knock on Baltimore, and that's what's hard for me to say that because I don't want to d- – I think what Baltimore's done has been awesome. I think this Lamar Jackson is fantastic. I do think they're the favorite, but I don't think they're the same kind of favorite as some teams we've seen I feel like what, I just don't.
1: I feel like what you are trying to communicate here is that the the top of the class in the conference, Baltimore and probably Miami, You're. I, I think you're trying to bring them down a couple of notches to bring the rest of the field up and make this yeah, incredibly – you know, ha- like a lot of parity. And I'm just not sure that it's that close right now. I mean, you know, Miami's big knock has been up until uh, on, on Sunday that they hadn't beaten anybody. They beat the Cowboys
2: they beat Dallas. at they home,
1: did. right? They, they beat somebody yep. now, you know, and they've got a ton of talent offensively. I think that you've got Baltimore and Miami are the top the, the two best teams in the AFC. And I'd honestly, right now, I don't think it's particularly close after the two of them.
0: Well, we'll see. Miami gets Baltimore, they play each other, and then they get Buffalo. I think Buffalo is the most dangerous right now um, of, of the team, But, Tom, I, I think that there are 10 teams in the NFL right now that could win a Super Bowl. Obviously, some teams have a much greater chance to do it. But I don't, I, I don't know that I could go back to any postseason, look at it objectively, and say— yeah, I could see them doing it.
1: And look, here's the other but thing I about. But I could
0: for ten of the teams this year.
1: The other thing to keep in mind with Kansas City after the debacle yesterday, they're eliminated from winning the one seed. They can't get the one seed. They're gonna have to go on the road, yeah, during the playoffs if they want to go back to the Super Bowl. And I'm not sure that that's the best recipe for them if they want to try to win a championship.
0: We've never seen Patrick Mahomes on the road in the postseason, right? The road's always gone through Kansas City. We finally get it. We're gonna get that chance to see that, which will be interesting. Uh, I saw people like this. It's it's gotten people like, oh, so this is what Mahomes would look like with Chicago. Like, can we just like hang on? Hang tight here, everybody. Like they're playing poorly. They're playing very poorly offensively. They're going to they're probably going to win the division and, and reach the postseason here. Maybe they get a home game, a home game. It, it, was it Super Bowl or bust? I mean, it. Yeah. I don't even remember what we said yeah, about that I think it at is. the beginning of the year. I think Was anytime, it Super Bowl or bust?
1: I think anytime you have 15 in his prime, it's Super Bowl or bust. And, and that's honestly when we look back on this season, if they don't win a championship, if they get bounced in the playoffs, I think you look back on this season as a complete disappointment and a waste of one of the great years of Patrick Mahomes as your franchise quarterback. they
0: reach quarterback. the AFC championship game and lose on the road?
1: I think at that point, okay, like you overcame a lot of different issues. I, I would understand that, but if you get into the playoffs and you get bounced in the first round, you wasted a year of Patrick Mahomes' prime.
0: So at that point, they'd play. Well, right now they play Buffalo in the first round. Uh, uh, Good luck. Uh, but yeah, yeah, you don't want to do that. You hope you hope that Buffalo finds a way to jump ahead of like Cleveland. Like, come on, Cleveland or Jacksonville. At that point, Cleveland's got a not-difficult schedule the rest of the way. Uh, but, man, Help <laughs> Buffalo in the first round. That'd be bad. Uh, but, you know, we know those games always go good. We'll, we'll continue this. We'll look around the rest of the league uh, as well. We're going to get into KU's bowl game coming up top of the next hour and some other topics out there in the sports world right now. It's Sports Daily. It's a Tuesday as we get ready to uh, count down 2023 here this week. Checo falling through the table sort of sums up the Chiefs' day as much as anything. I am so sick of, though. Welcome back to Sports Daily, everybody. I'm so sick of this narrative that the Chiefs are distracted because they're in commercials and because Kelsey has a girlfriend. Like, folks, A, the commercials are all shot in the offseason. They haven't thought about those commercials since this summer when they shot them. Give me a break. And, like, we can't walk and chew gum at the same time. Travis Kelsey can't have a girlfriend? Like, let's uh, just come on now. This is ridiculous. Like, distractions are, exist all the time in the NFL. Can we, can we quit with this, like, the Chiefs are too distracted to win because we see them in commercials nonsense? Like, get get out of here with that. And shooting commercials during the week, during the season? Come on now. We're smarter than that. Goodness gracious. All right. I, look, it, it's bad. I don't, I'm not trying to downplay that it's bad. All I'm saying is, with that defense, if they can just go with that, they've still got enough to win playoff games. The chances of it happening are certainly lower. They're not doing anything to tell us that they're going to do it. My point is it's still possible, right? It's still possible. It's not going to be possible for Jacksonville or Indianapolis or Houston or whoever gets in to win a Super Bowl. Not going to be possible for Seattle to win a Super Bowl. My point with all of this is it's possible for more teams that I can remember ever having a chance in the NFL, and the Chiefs happen to be one of them. You know, it's not a great chance. It's not a tremendous chance. It's not some overwhelming, like, they're going to get hot and go on. They're not doing any of that currently. It's just still out there for this team because of the way that they play defense. And, you know, if if they can figure out a way to feature that and not do what they did yesterday, which was, you know, find a way to lose despite a great defensive performance, they've gotten really good at that, then, you know, let's just see what happens. Did you know that right now, the Chiefs are still the third odds-on favorite to win the Super Bowl? They're tied with the Dolphins and the Eagles. They're behind the Niners and the Ravens. The Niners are still the favorite, even after the loss last night to the Ravens. And I think a part of that is, because it's a perceived that their path to get there is easier, Tommy. I don't, and and so you've got the Ravens at plus 240. Or sorry, the Ravens at plus 400. The Niners still at plus 240. And then the Chiefs, Dolphins, and Eagles at plus 800, which means 8-1. to one. Again, the reason that the Ravens are higher than the Niners right now is because the path through the AFC is perceived to be much more difficult. Uh, but the Chiefs are still right there with the other teams as the third odds-on favorite to win a Super Bowl. Vegas feels as good about the Chiefs as they do about the Eagles and about the Dolphins. And I and while I would say that if the Dolphins get home games, I'm not into that. Let's just, we cannot pretend like the Chiefs didn't beat them on a neutral field. So I get it to some degree. And Miami's got a lot to prove over the years. The Bills and the Cowboys are the next two, by the way. But what we're seeing is, like, you got to get all the way down to the Jaguars before you get, like, a true dart throw 33 to one you've got the Lions Bills Cowboys Eagles Dolphins Chiefs Ravens Niners all with with a puncher's chance right less than 20 to one odds and and if you take the Lions out of there really then you get Bills Cowboys Eagles Dolphins Chiefs Ravens Niners I don't know where are the Browns by the way on this list that I don't even see the Browns on here We're going to come back. We can get into that. Let's talk KU's bowl game as well, Tommy, on Sports Daily in hour number two. We're going to give something away. Uh, It's all Brockton Caster, Jad Chambers producing. Welcome back, everybody. We'll wrap up uh, 2023 and send it out the door. I think Chiefs fans would like to send it out with a swift kick. More Sports Daily right after this. All right, welcome back in, everybody. Sports Daily Hour number two. Jake Ballbrock, Tommy Castor. We're connecting with the executive producer of the Chiefs Radio Network, Dan Israel, for our weekly visit. Love to get his take on things in a mess of a game yesterday. We'll get into KU's bowl game later this hour as well. Tommy, I just because we were looking there and I couldn't find it. So the Browns right now are, you can get 50-1 to 1 on the Browns right now. you Joe Flacco, the Fighting Flacco's, fifty to one. They look good, think they, They've got a good on defense, that, I think. Yeah, they got a good defense. He's playing well. They've got playmakers. I, I mean, they can still run the ball to some degree. Like that's an interesting. That's an interesting one. Fifty to one. I, I can't believe it's that long. Still, maybe they're trying to sucker some people in. I told you I liked to the Rams as my long shot. Sixty-six to one on the Rams. I think. I think I got them at. What did I, I? I actually did throw five dollars at them. It was like eighty to one or something a couple weeks ago or last week or something. Uh, but I, it just it there does feel like to me there's this chance we could see some dark horse go through, and and get on some run or do something like that. I think this could be that year. Can it be the Chiefs though? Are they a dark horse now officially? Let's uh, bring in Dan Israel, uh, executive producer of the Chiefs Radio Network to explore just that.
2: Caught touchdown. Can- Kansas City. Hey, Chiefs Kingdom, we have you covered.
0: Joining Sports Daily Live, executive producer of the Chiefs Radio Network, Dan Israel. All right, Dan, let's, uh, one, Merry Christmas, Happy New Year, all those things. I know it was not a great Christmas for the Chiefs. Let's start with the future, and then we can work our way back to yesterday. I'll ask you this one quite simply. Can this Kansas City Chiefs team still win a Super Bowl?
2: Well, <laughs> I love to be able to say yes, yeah. The answer to that is yes, uh, but not if they're going to play the way they've played. I mean, it, it, there's certainly uh, a, a delineation between a championship caliber team and a non championship caliber team, and in my mind, those are uh, teams that have talent and are are balanced in that talent. I, I think the Chiefs can qualify there, but the second one would be teams that don't make mistakes and chiefs cannot meet that bar at this time. Uh, It doesn't mean that when they get into the playoff run, they won't suddenly channel, you know, 2019 or, uh, but it it just, it's, it's disappointing to see them uh, make them the mistakes, the quality and caliber of their mistakes is just too high.
1: Do you think Dan, that it is unfair uh, at this point to call I don't even know the word to call the Chiefs. I guess undisciplined, and I know that like that's a that that's a loaded term, and it means a lot of different things. And and I'm not in that locker room. I'm not in practices. I don't know how you know all of it's being put together. But when it actually translates out on the field, I mean, we're talking about self-inflicted mistakes week after week after week after week. And I don't really know what other term to call it other than just undisciplined.
2: I mean, I think it's. A- probably the term a coach would use. Right. You know, I mean, uh, I do believe they're coached well and taught the right things. And so if that doesn't make it to execution, um, I don't think it's distraction. I certainly don't think it's heart. I mean, I think for the most part, you know, if there's 53 guys in that locker room, I think 49 of them all have the heart of a champion. They, they want to win. They, they want to do the right thing. Um, I guess, you know, the only, I would balance the undisciplined tag with maybe just a lack of reps, maybe, or, you know, a, a situation where you, you just haven't ingrained whatever it is, you know, the techniques of your position, the fundamentals of your position just aren't, uh, they haven't made it all the way to muscle memory yet, you know? I mean, the, the more you do something right, the more it naturally becomes what you do and and I know they practice awful hard. they don't practice like you know teams of the 90s, but uh, something something is missing so I, I don't think undisciplined is unfair.
0: Dan, I, I see a tweet here and a guy who tweeted its name is Todd Firm, and I think he's a betting guy. Um, but he he has a good point in how the narratives quickly shift in the NFL. And, and I have fallen into this. I've just said it, I think, a segment or two ago. Buffalo's the team nobody wants to play. Kansas City's a sinking ship. I don't necessarily believe that, but I believe that that's what the narrative is. Two weeks ago, it was an offsides penalty away from Kansas City beating Buffalo in a game that they outplayed Buffalo offensively had more than, like, a yard more per carry. It's crazy how how razor-thin the margin has been, and I, and I guess that's where I go to say I'm still going to give them a chance because if that is the case and Buffalo's the team that nobody wants to play and Kansas City has no chance, Kansas City should have beat them, like, two weeks ago. It was an offsides penalty away from doing it. Yeah,
2: Jacob, I, I would agree. I, I don't think you can characterize – the Chiefs as, as just being absolutely out of this and no chance. I mean, there's there's too much talent on that team with the quarterback they have, the coach they have, uh, a handful of the guys. I mean, look at a defense holding an opponent to six points. You cannot blame anybody but the offense uh, for that loss. And, and so. You look back at the uh, certainly the Bills. <laughs> I, I don't disagree with your premise either that I don't want to play the Bills, they look good. But I, you know what, the Bills barely beat the Chargers, the Chargers nearly topped them. And so, are, are the Bills beatable? They are. I mean, I think our game, their last game, their last five games have proved while they they have taken themselves from the 11th seed to the sixth seed, uh, in the only way they could, which is stacking wins. I, I, I think. You know, what you said about the league, it it has been – this year has been characterized by parity, the likes of which I'm not sure I've seen in other seasons where you've got, like, 100 teams locked up at eight and seven or or whatever it is. And it's an interesting – you know, the the playoff scenario right now is interesting. It is still possible for the Chiefs to play the AFC Championship uh, in Arrowhead. They will not get the one seed. The, the one and two seeds will have to get knocked out in, you know, the first two weeks uh, for that to happen. But, uh, you know, I, I think what everybody struggles with is, is just in the eye test there. It, right now the Chiefs don't look like they could win games in the playoffs at home, let alone and, – and, frankly, our home record this year has not been very good. I, I think it's it's interesting the way those – you know, you, you, their handful of games, the Bills games, You know we lost to the Lions in week one – by one point, uh, all of those games. If you take out our mistakes, I think are Chiefs' victories. You know, the Chiefs would walk would have walked away yesterday, fourteen to six or seventeen to six, whatever. You know, uh, I, I just feel like you know the parody in this this season has really been uh, amazing to watch uh, teams. You know, the Lions become NFC North champions to watch the Browns at ten and five. To think that right now. The uh, one of the oddest feelings to me is to think that the the Browns have a better record than the Chiefs do. Uh, that's odd. I, I wouldn't want to play them in the playoffs right now either. The way they, the way some of their, you know, I know, I know. If you said home Mahomes versus Flacco, I would say, well, you know, Mahomes. But uh, it's tough, man. It just everybody's knotted up right now.
1: You know, I know it's a, a blanket statement, but generally speaking, Dan, do you feel like opponents, for the most part? kind of have Kansas City figured out this season. Like you know, just even thinking about yesterday's game, I thought the Raiders did a masterful job defensively uh, against Kansas City's offense. And we know about all the struggles that Kansas City has had offensively, but I mean, just everything from the way that their defensive line just outworked and and bullied around the offensive line for Kansas City yesterday. The fact that Mahomes absolutely did not want to throw the ball downfield and it looks like looked like the coverage was actually pretty good for the most part uh, that the Raiders had do you feel like maybe it's more specifically just the game yesterday but also just in general do you think teams are kind of figuring out exactly the best way to defend Kansas City
2: well it kind of it does kind of feel that way because it feels like you know in particular yesterday it just felt like we had no answers we tried to run, we couldn't run. We tried this, we couldn't do that. We tried that, we couldn't do that. It, it was, it was uh, definitely a defensive performance that the Raiders deserve credit for. They played hard, they played physical, and they're fast. Uh, the, you know, I, I think typically you would say if a quarterback has two and a half seconds to throw the ball, he, he's going to succeed. And I would say that the Raiders cut that down to around 1.5 to two seconds. That's just, That's tough. And while I, I think you could say in Super Bowl 55, the, the, off, the Chiefs' offensive line just did not have the wherewithal to, to play the Super Bowl. And Mahomes spent all day going left and right. Yesterday, I thought the, the, the Raiders' defense was doing a lot of those same things. But I did feel like there were openings that Mahomes was not taking. And so, if you asked me yesterday, well, I, I don't want to discredit the Raiders' defense because I do think they played outstanding. They did seem to have figured out the Chiefs, um, but I felt like Mahomes could have played a much better game. Uh, you know, it's probably one of the few games that I would just hang on his shoulders to say, you know, this is on him. He could have, he could have gotten
0: there. Dan, is it is it possible at this point in the season? For the Chiefs to redefine what they do offensively could the Chiefs and I know we've never really seen this from Andy Reid but could they line up under center run a bunch of play action you know run the ball a bunch do play action get these young receivers open and just allow the defense to be the reason they make any sort of run is it too late for that or, or is something like that still possible
2: certainly possible i I think it's unlikely due to just uh i I just think it's unlikely due to coach reed uh the way he you know he's just never shown a propensity to be a run first team uh it you know it sure makes sense doesn't it i mean if you think about uh a a win yesterday at seven to six would have been a win (laughs) right yeah And, and so from our standpoint You know, one point more is all you need, and if your defense is going to hold the team to single digits, you ought to be able to run the ball. And I think the other thing with that is it it helps clock management. It it doesn't, you know, these three and outs where you're behind the sticks on the second down, you're two and, you know, 15 sometimes, where you throw in the penalties that we get, uh, the offsides, the illegal shifts or, you know, formation issues, and I, I feel like it, you know, we just start behind the chains, but if if you could just eke out three and a half, four runs every every play, it sure seems like we could get to a victory. And and I'll tell you, man, I thought Clyde Edwards when he got Clyde Edwards Alaire when he got in there yesterday, man, he was running tough, and I, I really felt like he was more seeing all the holes better, getting to the holes, exploding to those holes better than Isaiah Pacheco was. Uh, don't know if you know Pacheco still had a little bit of lingering shoulder issues, but. Um, And maybe Pacheco, you know, if he'd have been able to stay in the whole game would have, you know, they could have schemed him into those as well. But I'd like to see it. I just I think it's unlikely, Jacob.
1: You know, Dan, it was kind of shocking uh, to me when I when I read about this uh, after the game yesterday, that the last time that Kansas City had such a poor first quarter offensively, you have to go all the way back to when Tyler Palko, was the starter for Kansas city. And then after that game, the very next day, Todd Haley loses his job. So, I mean, it's been a long time since we had that kind of inept offense in the first quarter of a game. And I know that Andy Reid is incredibly loyal and I don't know if there's really even anything that you can do, you know, at this point, but do you think that there is at least some kind of legitimacy to the thought that, Man, maybe somebody needs to fall on the sword, and I don't know if that's Matt Nagy. I don't know. I don't. I don't know who it is. I don't know if it really is anybody. But at this point, like I just get, I get frustrated in hearing kind of the same thing over and over and over again, week after week in the postgame pressers, you know, things like Patrick Mahomes saying, you know, if we just clean things up, we're going to be okay. Well, you guys haven't cleaned things up the entire season. So I guess I'd love to get your point of view on where things stand in that regard. Uh, and, you know, because the team is who they are, right? Like we've gone through the majority of the season and things are not changing. So you I mean, your thoughts overall on if there should be any kind of like consequences or, or, or even if there can be at this point.
2: You know, Tommy, I, I will definitely tell you that what when you hear Coach Reed say, we got to do better, I got to do this, I got to do that, um, that he, he's just not a guy that will throw his guys under the bus. We all know that, right? Yeah. I, I do see behind the scenes, I do see people being held accountable. So know that some of that is taking place. You're your point to it's not producing an effect on the field. That is a problem. I don't think it's as high as coach Reed. I think that he's a loyal guy. And and I think, you know, he'll probably play out this season the way it is, which is kind of, when you look at teams like, you know, certainly the Browns and, and the Colts where they've, uh, or even the Raiders, right? I mean, they, they made mid-season changes, mid-season changes, that have enabled them to endure the season. As a Chiefs fan, that's what we want, right? But I don't think we'll see that. I do think, much like the change from Bob Sutton to Steve Spagnolo, Coach Reed recognized it's not going to work this way. We've got to make a change. So, would Nagy ultimately be a guy that's a victim of that? Possibly. Uh, you know, Connor Embry, the, the wide receivers coach, certainly. You know he can't feel good about his position right now, and we, the receivers have pretty much struggled all year. And so I, I do think you'll see some change in the off season. I don't think you'll see it until the off season. And so I guess you know that it makes us feel both until the this season is over. When you hear that we got to do a little better, there's a, a yellow tablet on Andy's desk that has things that have to be addressed in the week. Know that I know that for certain. Uh, why I, they're not producing – why that's not working on the field, I can't answer. I,
0: I'll, I'll ask this as simply as I can then, Dan. Dan Israel, executive producer of the Chiefs Radio Network. Would we be in a different situation, you think, if Eric Bienamy was still the offensive coordinator?
2: Well, I, I think I told you guys before. I think one of the things that I loved about E.B. was he's just a fiery guy that will get in your face when you come off the field. You know, <laughs> He's the kind of guy – that uh, was emotional he brought an energy and an emotion to the game is that missing it might be uh, somebody needs to step up that I really think Mahomes could be that guy uh, I don't know that that's a I don't know that that's a uh, you know would that make us 11 and whatever now I mean is that good for two or three wins I don't think so uh, I do think you'd see uh, a little bit more energy on the field but I, I I can't honestly say when you look at the Washington commanders, I can't honestly say that EB was the was the answer. Good guy, good guy definitely made an impact to the team, but I don't think that's solely where this uh, issue
0: lies. All right, Dan. well, <laughs> I, it's it's gonna feel like a really long week on on a short week. As you get the New Year's Eve game against the Bengals, if they get Jamar Chase back, that's certainly a, a very dangerous game for the Chiefs. It's at home again. Um, I It'll be a, it'll be a tense week, I think, at Arrowhead, and I, I we're just going to have to see what can change in the last two weeks. But I'm with you. I think they still have a chance, just partly because of what the rest of the league is doing and partly because that defense is really, really good. But, man, it is an yeah. uneasy time right now in Chiefs' kingdom. Yeah,
2: I do think you're right. The the Bengals coming in is no easier task than the Raiders, for sure. But I think if you do uh, go up, you you go out, you clean up some of your game, you start playing, you get some confidence back from that, Uh, move on to the Chargers, do the same there, then you at least go into the playoffs uh feeling okay about yourself but you know you want to let's wrap up this division man you
0: know while we can I don't want to make it clear. <laughs> that that is, that has come a little become a little more frightening uh which is not cool yes, like, I, I just keep saying they're going to win the division but they still do need to actually do it
2: yeah i i would have said in in early november well this division's in in hand uh and, and it looks like it's going to go down to the last 2 weeks hopefully just the last 2 weeks not the last week but uh, uh you know you got to take care of business got to Got to take care of the first goal uh, on the sheet, and that is to win the division. Once you get that done, fix the rest of it on uh, the subsequent weeks.
0: All right. You've got the Chiefs' Kingdom show tonight on KFH right here at 6 o'clock. You'll have the call on the Chiefs' radio network uh, over on uh, on 98.7. Dan, appreciate it. We'll hear from you soon. Thanks, guys. Have a good week. Go Chiefs. There goes Dan Israel, executive producer of the Chiefs Radio Network. Oh, man, a lot to get through there. We're going to talk a little college football when we come back. Uh, By the way, you can show your love for Wichita with I Love Wichita Night at the Wichita Thunder Hockey Game on Friday, January 5th, sponsored in part by KFH Radio. Get a special price on a four-pack of tickets. Find out more at wichitathunder.com. We'll come back. College football, KU in action tonight. We'll have it for you next on Sports Daily. Sports Daily is on KFH. All right. Welcome back, everybody. We have spent the majority of the show, which I knew we would, on the Chiefs today. Now we turn our attention to the Guaranteed Rate Bowl uh, out in Phoenix. UNLVKU tonight. Uh, I don't even, Tommy, it's an 11-point spread here. KU's favored by 11. I, I just I don't know how I can bet bowl games. I, they're so hard to understand motivations. Like, I, I don't know. I, I don't like to bet these things, and I probably won't. I mean, who knows? It was a rough—it was a bloodbath for me uh, this past weekend, and the picks will—by uh, the way, <laughs> I was 2-7-1. I think that was my worst week. None of us yeah, had a great week. I had the worst— I think that was my worst of the year. Uh, hey, but you let I, Paul I just, and
1: I back into it though. We've got a couple of weeks left, and he yeah. and I. I mean, it's it's getting tighter at the top.
0: It's getting tight. It is getting tight, uh, and it, it was it was a rough one. I, I don't think I will tonight. I do like, in theory, I like KU to cover that number, though. Um, it just and and I don't have any reason to suspect that they won't be motivated and jacked up for the game. But it's just hard to, unless they're playoff games. Like I, I just don't know how to make any of it make a ton of sense. I hope that KU shows up big. I hope that they win. Uh, it's a late, is it, what is it, a 9 o'clock kick? Is that right? 8 o'clock,
1: 8 o'clock
0: tonight. 8 o'clock here locally, mm-hmm. yeah, 9 o'clock east, 8 o'clock locally. So it's a late game. Um, I don't know. I, I think is going to be good. I like them in the game. I, I love that we're going to send, uh, you know, some of these guys out with, With style here, I think there are plenty of reasons and there's nothing historically that would tell us KU is not going to be very, very motivated in this one.
1: Yeah, I know that there are a couple of players that we found out over the weekend did not travel with the team uh, that are, you know, are not playing in the game for Kansas. Austin Booker, uh, one of the defensive linemen for the Jayhawks, looks like I don't know if there's been an official word, but there's been a lot of speculation that he's going to enter the NFL draft Uh, He did not travel with the team. He's not going to play. That would lead me to believe that uh, he is planning on declaring for the draft. And Dominic Pooney, one of the offensive linemen, uh, he also did not travel with the team to Phoenix. He will not play in the game tonight either. Those are really the two major opt-outs that are not playing for the Jayhawks tonight. It sounds like... Overall, though, they should have a majority of their players, which is kind of I think in today's day and age a little uncommon, right? You've got a lot of players that are entering the portal, that are entering the draft. They're not playing in the bowl games, you know. They want to, you know, protect themselves and and their future earnings and all of that. Uh, but for Kansas, a lot of the players, it does seem like are playing in the game tonight. So you know, Jason Bean. It's going to be his final game in a Jayhawks uniform. It'll be fun to watch him, and hopefully he can go out on top. Uh, but again, with you, like as far as a betting perspective, it's really hard to figure out exactly how you want to bet this and and what this looks like. Because I, I mean, I'll be honest, I know very little about UNLV. I don't know much about him other than the fact know, yeah, that anything, other than the fact that their coach Barry Odom is a Missouri guy. That's about the only thing I know about uh the the rebels so I you know I just don't really know exactly a good way to bet this I think from an emotional perspective yeah I think I'm going to lay the 11 but I have no idea if that's a smart bet or not
0: uh I don't know anything about UNLV uh Mason Fairchild's a senior have an eye out on that um I, I yeah I mean KU's better KU's more talented KU's played better It just you know what again like Trying to predict a motivation for a game that is so far in the rearview mirror of the regular season—it's been a long time. Yeah, I think it is a little easy. So, just for comparison's sake, for K State, they have, they have far more holes based on decisions that are being made in transfers. But I think for K State, there's a very clear motivation for that team, right? Because you're, you're having to move on from Colin Klein, but it's the beginning of this era that everybody can tangibly feel with Avery Johnson. And I think people are going to want that to go really well. I think that team is going to want that to go really well. KU doesn't have anything to prove here. Like, they don't have a thing to prove. And, and that's a good thing, right? That That's not a bad thing. They, they do. We do need to get a look now at a new offensive coordinator. That's very important. Um, I got, you know... How long has Lance Leipold been connected to Kodelnik? It's long been time. years and years and years and years. So Over a that part will be interesting. Um, and, and it's a football game. And it's a football game with a team we care about. So I think it will be fun to watch this game. Don't get me wrong. I just can't ever get a good grasp of of these things and motivations for teams. Like, And it's not this isn't just a KU, UNLV thing. I don't know how to look at Georgia, Florida State. Right? Like, I don't know what to think of that game. So, I, you know, it's it, it's across the board. Other than the two CFP games, this is always my issue with every bowl game. They, they're exhibition games. They are. Yeah. Well,
1: and with KU, I don't think we're going to have, you know, really issue, any kind of issues in continuity. You know, Kotelnicki is gone. He's not the offensive coordinator anymore. They brought in Jeff Grimes, but I don't think he's the one calling the plays in the Probably, game tonight. Not. I think Jim, no. no. Jim Zabroski... No, no who's the quarterback's coach, um, I think he's the one calling the plays in tonight's game, and he's been with the team, you know, the entire season. And so I think that, you know, there's we're not going to have to worry about continuity. It's not going to be, you know, plays that nobody's used to seeing. I mean, we, we know the personnel for the most part on the field for the Jayhawks, and they're going to do, you know, what they've done all season long. So I don't have a lot of concerns there. With Kansas State, you know, in their bowl game on Thursday night, yeah, I mean, it's a look towards the future. It's a look to see, You know, the the very first game in the Avery Johnson era where it's his job as the quarterback and what this team is going to look like moving forward. So there's a different kind of intrigue, a different kind of storyline for the Wildcats on Thursday night in Orlando than there is in Phoenix tonight for the Jayhawks. The other thing I think that is really important to point out with the Jayhawks and, and the bowl game tonight is that they didn't win. Their bowl game a year ago against Arkansas, and I know that that is that stung throughout the entire year. Lance Leipold has talked about it multiple times about how you know they made it to uh, the you know the bowl game against Arkansas a year ago. They came up just short that exciting what was it double triple overtime game a year ago, and now they're looking to get a win. Uh, you know, in a bowl game. And it's been a long time since this team has done that. It's also been a very long time since this team has won nine games in a season. That's pretty rare for the program. So there's another benchmark that you can set with the win tonight against UNLV. So, I mean, there are quite a few different intriguing storylines going into this bowl game tonight. That's why, I mean, it might be an exhibition game, but that's why, you know, I think that the excitement level, at least for me, is there you know, for, for the game tonight because I want to see the Jayhawks be able to win a bowl game for the first time in a long time. I want to see this team win nine games for the first time in a season in a long time. So there's a lot of different things I think to keep an eye on.
0: The fact that they're in a bowl game again is excitement, right? Like I, I'm not trying to downplay the excitement for this game. I love it. I love that they're in a bowl game. Yeah. And, and I think it, you know, I don't want to overlook the fact that they're in this position right now, that they're going to be picked near the top of the league most likely next year I just I don't know like again it's it's some like so if if the outcomes of these things are so unpredictable in bowls and I think that they are K-State's there is a very tangible and easy storyline to grasp onto it's Avery Johnson KU doesn't have that as much right it's it's the nice things that we typically see in bowls it's sending out the you know the players that have put in so much time you're sending them out in a good way it's it's being in a bowl game to begin with for a program that has struggled so much over the last, you know, 15, 20 years. All those things are easy to find. I will say on the play calling, and yeah, you, you, I don't, KU, and the reason it's so interesting to me, has been famously, I think by a lot of people, one of the most like complex and complicated offenses in college football. The different things that they do. They lose code only, can they continue that. And is this any sort of preview to can they continue that without you, no matter who the play caller is? Because it's effective, right? It I works. think so. I mean, so I think so. Not only can they continue it in this game, certainly in this game I think they can because they've been practicing it all year and there's some continuity in the code. But if they, once they make that change, are they able to continue to do that, which has been one of the real big reasons I think they've been so successful? and And – you know, that's not something like that I'm taking away from games with an amateur eye or anything, but people that really study that stuff have been on this for 18 months and how complex and intricate the KU offense is, and that's awesome to see. I, I hope that Jason Bean swan song is fantastic. I think, you know, when we look back at this, and, and I think the trajectory and the arrow is pointed up with KU, certainly Jason Bean will be a big part of, this redemption story for KU. And it's a really cool story. I don't think he had any idea. If you hear, he did, a, he sat down with uh, with TJ Cleland for us at KWCH. I don't think he had any idea that he would play as much as he has this year, but he came back and he did. And that's a great story for a dude that's, you know, put it out all on the line for KU, even when it looked like his job was gone. He came back anyway. Those are the kinds of things that you do love about college sports when they do still exist, which is not as often as it used to be. But, you know, let's send that guy out with a bowl win. And what you know, a nice wait, way to finish for him.
1: He very, very easily could have entered the portal and went to a program and started maybe not a, a high-profile uh, Power Five school, but he—I think he definitely could have went somewhere and been the actual starter from the beginning of the season on. And in, in another program, he didn't do that. I would put Jason Bean up there as far as backups in the country as one of the best backups. Absolutely, like when, when sure. Jalen Daniels went down. Yeah, you know, there's always like, okay, there's going to be a drop off in performance and talent and all of that. But man, there are so many other worse backup quarterbacks in the country. And you definitely do not want your starter to go down because you have no idea what you're going to get from the other guy. And, you know, Jason Bean was up and down. And, you know, we can talk about the bad decisions he makes sometimes and things like that. That's all true. But from a talent and athletic perspective, I'm not sure that there are a lot of backup quarterbacks that are better than Jason Bean in the country.
0: Um, I, well yeah i don't even it's so funny. i don't even think of him as a backup quarterback i really don't like i think of him as a starter because he's been that for so long i it's 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 funny to me to think of him that way but i but and, and that's what he was to start the year but i haven't thought of him as a backup quarterback since last year honestly like he's been the guy for ku all year long like we've saw we saw so little of jalen daniels um they get unlv tonight uh the over under on the game is 67. Probably lean under there. um I, I, you know, Devin Neal. Somebody just mentioned on our video stream that Sri slata reported that he's considering the draft. I don't think his status for this game tonight is in any jeopardy. I don't think that it I've is. Heard. No, not not that I yeah, know. So of. one way or the other, I mean, he. He, he's he certainly earned it if he chooses to go that route. And this would be this is an opportunity for a guy like that if he does want to go that route to to put it on full display. They're going to have the attention of a lot of the audience, you know, tonight more maybe than they have in a lot of years. So that's something to watch. I think they will try to run the ball a ton, obviously. Um, and and I think they're going to let Jason Bean try to ball out, whether it's on the ground or or whatever it is. I would suspect a lot a lot of action on the ground for KU tonight, and and I think they should be fine. Again, that's without knowing anything about UNLV. I think KU will be fine. I'm not betting it, though. I, I don't even know what to do with a bet on it. And there, Maybe there's some promo out there on one of the apps where they give you, like, a boost or something, because I'm a sucker for those. If I see that, I'll bet it, uh, but maybe I'll bet a prop or something. I don't know, but I, I like KU tonight. They should be okay.
1: Yeah, I think I'll probably bet it just you know strictly from an emotional point of view. You know, Jason Absolutely. Jason Bean over his passing yards and over his passing touchdowns and you know things like that. You know, I may bet I may bet that sort of thing, but I, I mean I've got nothing that would you know tell me one way or another that that's a good bet. But I'll probably make it. I'll, I'll make a bet from the heart, and if it works out, great. If it doesn't, well, you know it is what it is.
0: <sighs> we'll see. I, I'm with you. I, I'll bet it. I, I don't think I'll bet it, but I can be suckered in pretty easy. I'm a little, I'm a little raw still from from the weekend of the NFL that just absolutely kicked my tail. All that being said, I was close to a bunch of them. The uh, the Cowboys really let me down. The Broncos, I, I don't know why I ever, and I just had them on like the money line, the Broncos, and they let me down uh, to finish off some pretty from pretty nice juicy parlays, but I didn't get it. But we'll, we'll get back on it uh, here pretty quick. I, I I'll maybe I'll find a pro I gotta have something. I mean I gotta bet something. You can
1: find something we, I think that would work out we well for here? you. Come on.
0: Yeah, I'll i I'll find something. We'll 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 figure it out. 869-1240 is the number to call. Uh, let's give away some HTO on the way out here. Let's do two free uh brew house cards. it will give you two coffee drinks essentially. There's iced and hot coffee, uh, hot tea in there. Uh, All the espresso drinks, all the classics with all kinds of options to make it just the way you want it, or some specialty drinks that are very popular. It's cold out there today. Pretty good day for a nice hot drink for you. You can get your hands on two free ones from HTO. Those are good at the East Wichita location and in Derby. To the first caller right now to the IHOP hotline, 869-1240. We'll come back. More Sports Daily right after this. Welcome back in, everybody. Sports Daily, all Brockton caster, Chad Chambers producing. Uh, let's talk about the game last night, Tommy, because it was certainly something. I So I'm on the air for, for the first half, essentially, of that game, watching live Brock Purdy hand away the MVP trophy and literally watching the odds change through the game. From him to go to a pretty overwhelming favorite, to now maybe the third top choice. He's not going to get the MVP. No. After that game, not going to happen. No. I do think McCaffrey still has a chance, but it is Lamar Jackson's to lose at this point and and the Ravens have a tough sled here down the stretch. What a remarkable story for Lamar Jackson. What an awful game for Brock Purdy. Uh his worst as a pro, and I'm not like overreacting to that game. So what? Guys have bad games all the time. I think that, you know, ultimately, I think that's why San Francisco still, you know, it didn't really affect their Super Bowl odds a whole bunch, but man, that they got their tails kicked. And, and no team can overcome turnovers, Chiefs fans. No team, even the best in football, if you think San Francisco was that, can overcome mistakes and turnovers like that. Here's what's concerning for the 49ers. Trent Williams is waiting on an MRI today. His backup got hurt, and the backup's backup also got hurt yesterday. So the Niners, who we knew were razor thin, I've said this for weeks, they feel like they're an injury away from you know that three-game losing streak we saw. Well, if Trent Williams is hurt, they're there. And Brock Purdy had a stinger in the game, but he should be okay. But th- their, their margin for error has always seemed so thin to me that's a part of the reason I still think it's an open field here in the NFL. But, man, Baltimore, what a win for them on the road. in San Francisco, what a dud.
1: You know, I, I still think, though, that we watched, you know, potentially the two most likely teams that are going to be in the Super Bowl last night. I mean, I know that the 49ers have their issues, but so do the other teams in the NFC. The Cowboys certainly do. The Eagles certainly do. Um, you know, the Lions, I, I you know, I, I know we had kind of counted them out. A couple of weeks ago, they might be able to make a little bit of a run. I thought that you know they were fairly impressive over the weekend uh, on the road against Minnesota. so I mean that that was something too. but I mean, going back to the MVP conversation, you you're the one that brought it up a couple of weeks ago. Josh Allen is sitting right there. I mean and I know yeah, that he's, he's still you know kind of I think he's what fifth in the overall odds as far yeah, as he's, you know long shots my and all it, that bad to bet. But man, he's yeah. 14 to one right now. he's not the favorite, but I mean, all he has to do is you know keep going the last couple of weeks of the season, and it could be between him and Lamar overall.
0: I mean his numbers are interesting this year. They're not overwhelming, but they'll ha- he'll have a storyline in his pocket if they're able to do it. Um, they, you know this year. He's got just a he he should get to four thousand yards. He's got twenty seven touchdowns. He does have fifteen interceptions, so he kind of needs to play clean the rest of the way. Uh, but he's but he's been you know a good rusher. He he rushes well, and that's a part of his game. Certainly with thirteen rushing touchdowns this year. Um, so when you account for the totality of his touchdowns, I think their storyline is good. I think he can put up some gaudy statistics. Where he'd have a shot at it. It will take Lamar Jackson struggling, and it will take the voters not wanting to give it to a running back and Christian McCaffrey. Uh, but I think there's a chance. I've said for a while he's my favorite MVP bet, and and I you know I don't think he's most likely to get it. It's just you can get good enough odds. I, it, it's just like if you didn't think it was close, the way that those odds changed during the first half were wild. And once he got to just three interceptions in the first half. I said, it's over. He's not getting the MVP because there were too many people that wanted to doubt him anyway. Now it's like, nope, not going to do it. He's out. And for a while there in that game, it was like, but Christian McCaffrey, when he led them down the field on that touchdown, it's like, the door's wide open for Christian McCaffrey. And it still may be. You know, I think if if Jackson struggles at all in the final two, McCaffrey's where you look first. But it will take big-time numbers and it will take Josh Allen not being in the equation. Who but the last, I think there's a chance. The
1: last non-quarterback to win an MVP was it Adrian Peterson? Was he the last one? Um,
0: I think so. Let me look. Let me let me check that. That was probably it, what, it's what hard 2000, to do.
1: 2012. do. What's crazy
0: is Tyreek Hill had a real chance at it. Uh yeah, it's Peterson in 2012. Yeah. Tomlinson in 2006, Sean Alexander the year before that. The last time a non-quarterback or running back won it was Lawrence Taylor in 1986. Um, so that's, that's really interesting. I mean, I don't know why we don't just call the MVP the best quarterback award, right? We have offensive, we have offensive player of the year, and they give that to non-quarterbacks all the time. And it's like, how, what are we doing here? How can you have a different offensive player of the year and MVP when the MVP is a quarterback? That doesn't make any sense at all, but that's the way it happens. If, if Justin Jefferson is the offensive player of the year, why is he not the MVP? right? That's never made any sense to me, Uh, but that's just the way that vote goes. So I'd say McCaffrey faces an uphill climb, and then history is the reason that that I think Allen could jump in, but it's Lamar Jackson's to lose. And Lamar Jackson's story is incredible, um, and he deserves it, and he is that impactful. I think sometimes we overthink that award and, like, replacement value and, well, if you took this player. The reality is if you're even on the list, and you're taking off your team, your team's going to struggle without you. So I think those are all relative things and and a little silly how we overthink it. But Lamar Jackson was efficient last night, and he had the big runs when they had to have him, and he didn't throw any interceptions, and he's playing a brand of football, quite frankly, that we I'd like to see Patrick Mahomes play, and 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 you know, and I think he deserves credit for that, and he probably will win MVP. There is a part of me, Tommy, that like. If if just for storyline's sake, Jackson winning an MVP in a Super Bowl would be one of the great middle fingers to this league of all time, and I'm I would be all over that. And you know like, what?
1: It actually would be a little bit of a middle finger to the Ravens organization. I know he's back with them, and you know obviously 100%, they like everyone. They, they mended their fences, and it looks like things are good. But man, it was pretty toxic for a while between Jackson and the Ravens and the other teams that didn't want him, that they weren't willing to, you know, give up the draft picks to trade for him. And all of that drama in the offseason, the fact that he represented himself, all of that that went down, uh, man. And then if he can win the MVP and gosh, if they can win a championship, that's pretty remarkable for Lamar Jackson. Good for him.
0: Like, I'm
1: I'm rooting for that guy you know, for the rest of the season, just because I want to see that play out.
0: Yeah. It's a storyline I can get behind for sure. And, and, you know, they it's, it's, it's been awesome. Congratulations to Dave for winning some HTO, uh, Brewhouse coffee on us here at sports daily. Happy to do it. We'll come back. We'll tell you what's on the network today. Uh, when we return. On Sports Daily, um, you know it, it's uh, it's going to be good stuff. By the way, Wildcat fans, you got a bowl game coming up. Go Powercat.com's Powercat podcast. You can get it. Follow and get your podcast on the Odyssey app, wherever you get your podcast. Go Powercat.com. We'll come back. We'll tell you what's on the network next.